We're here today with Eric Jaffe, who uh, is a Los Angeles-based entrepreneur, co-founder with Chris Webb of uh, Chow Now. Um, Chow Now is, is based out of California, and Eric moved here with his family uh, and opened up H2Q about a year ago. And uh, so we're here just to talk about his experiences and talk about his company. And I think... Um, What's really interesting, I'm going to let you talk uh, and explain what Chow Now is, but uh, Chow Now really is the good guy in the business, um, a very socially conscious uh, company that during this time of COVID-19 shut-in has really become super relevant uh, in an industry in crisis. Um, but it is very different than the rest of uh, the competitors in, in your space. So tell us a little bit about Chow Now. Sure. Thanks, Tim. So Chow Now provides online ordering services for restaurants. It's differentiated from that industry in that we are aligning our interests with the interests of the restaurant directly. We think it's best for them to have a fixed cost tool in their business to take online orders as opposed to a variable cost marketing style commission tool uh, to take orders. So what's differentiated about Chow Now is that we build the e-commerce applications for the restaurant's brand themselves. We put it on their website. It goes on their Facebook page. It powers their Instagram. When you look up something on Google, you can order from their Google listing, their Yelp listing, et cetera. Um, we build uh, uh, applications for iOS as well as Android uh, for the, the restaurants as well. And this is all behind their brand. So our brand is not out front. Their brand is out front. We think that's really important for their businesses. Uh, further, so we just charge a fixed fee. And it's a low-cost uh, fee on a monthly basis. Order as much as you want. You're not going to get charged 30% for those commissions. And then the big differentiator for us, another big differentiator for us, is that we provide restaurants with the relationship with their customers. We are not trying to steal their relationships away. We are actually giving them information about their customers, their names, their telephone numbers, their email addresses. We provide all that so they can actually have that strong relationship with their customers and encourage them to come back and order directly from them again and again because that's just a better way to order. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, the other night uh, my wife ordered um, from uh, Shai Chai, which is um, our favorite Pakistani restaurant here in Kansas City. And... Uh, we realized that they, they used the Chow Now product. And I think what was super powerful was immediately after the order, uh, Missy, my wife, got an email from your partner, Chris Webb, saying you've made a difference and explained why uh, you were helping this restaurant survive. And I, I actually uh, talked to um, uh, Sheriff right afterwards, and uh, there, was a, there was a real, you know, uh, he was very, very happy um, that he had made he had incorporated this technology, and you could you could see a real positive uh, attitude in his voice that I hadn't seen a week before that. So um, you're really making uh, really changing you know lives of people that are are really stressed out right now, um, and I think that's probably why uh, the, the the business model is really resonating today. Um, so going to the just the business, you know, you uh, you were located at the crossroads here in Kansas City. 
uh, blowing and going, adding people, and then this, uh, this the the shelter in place uh, came up. How have you shifted to home? How's that worked? So, Chow now has actually employed folks in the field for the past eight years. Um, we've always had a distributed employment strategy when it comes to our <clears throat> sales team, as well as our um, kind of key entry team is the team that does, works directly with our menus. Um, and so we have had to build the infrastructure to be able to stay connected uh, to those employees. The employee experience is it's incredibly important at Channel. It's one of the pillars of our success. Um, and so for us, when we made that decision, and we were one of the first in the city to make that decision, um, we made it very comfortably knowing that we already had the technology uh, that would allow us to all stay connected. We already had the infrastructure uh, from a, a human capital standpoint uh, to be able to make sure that people were taken care of in their home spaces. Um, and we already had all of the um, relationships that were built that could work from a distance, um, which I think that culture is really important uh, to this change. So we literally flipped a switch and just said we're shutting down the offices because we think it's the best for our uh, employees' health. And we're, quite frankly, going to be cautious coming back as well. Um, and that has been... Um, I think one of these journeys where, sure, when we're doing it in batch, over 300 people now, um, there have been some challenges that even we have seen, uh, but we've been able to overcome those relatively rapidly. And we're very comfortable in this mode on a go-forward basis, so much so that we're actually talking about how this actually opens up great opportunities for us to start employing people in places where we actually don't have an office presence for functions that we usually have inside. I, you know, you were a little bit ahead of the game. Uh, in your office, you have big screen TV uh, in the community kitchen area that's plugged into HQ1 in, in Santa Monica. Um, and the two offices get together. They see each other visually when they go into the kitchen. And then uh, you have meetings between the two offices on a regular basis. So I assume the transition uh, – was somewhat easier because you were dealing with that already. Yeah, absolutely. So part of our interconnected strategy there was, you know, how do we make sure that there, though, though there's, you know, 1,500 miles of difference between these two offices, we've got people that report to each other going back and forth. Um, we have an executive team that works together on a daily basis and other teams work together on a daily basis. So how do you maintain contact and work with great efficiency there. And, and the answer quite simply is just by, just by seeing each other. So mm -hmm. even if you're not seeing each other physically, if you can see each other digitally and hear each other, each other digitally and be able to share in that moment, that's a powerful employee moment. It's a powerful work moment. And so we did our best to be able to create as many of those moments as often as we possibly could. I would say, you know, even before we went to a shelter-in-place strategy when we were in the office, people were probably seeing each other across that distance an hour a day, maybe more. Yes, you know, I guess it was a couple of months ago uh, you were saying that you had gone back to Santa Monica, you were in the office, hadn't been there for four months, you were expecting people to say, hey, how you doing? I haven't seen you forever, and, you know, 
It's not like that. It's not like that. <laughs> no. It's like I, I just saw you yesterday. You every day. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, hey, I didn't know you were going to be here in person. Right. Nice to see you. Keep walking. So, you know, that's the big conversation that's going on today is, you know, now that we've shifted and figured out how to work remotely and we've uh, – those that weren't using those technologies are, are now savvy with those technologies. How uh, – it's really tough to decide uh, and think through how you're going to use space in the future. You're adding employees. Do you add more space? Uh, do you split, you know, between a mobile workforce and an office? Um, what's going through your mind on on the, the office leasing space decision? Uh, a couple of things. So timing is one. So we're thinking, you know, when does it make sense for us to come back into the office? And we're trying to figure out how to tie that. Do you tie that to uh, government officials that you know we know are eager to get people back in the office? Because when we are all eager to get people back in the office, so that the uh, overall economy can can start cranking again, that's what Chow now wants for sure. Um, however, um, I think ours is probably going to be tied to maybe more of a medical um, opportunity where there we we see that there's more testing in place. Uh, we see that uh, there's potentially even, you know, some kind of a treatment in place. Um, but certainly, you know, that best practices around how to be in an office have been codified, been codified out there. And they've probably been experimented with. And there's been some results that have come back. And we think, okay, that's going to be a good strategy for everybody. And we approve of that as an executive team. So I think that timing is, is kind of linked to that piece of it. Um, and hopefully that's coming soon. Um, in terms of, you know, what does an office format look like? So we have to think in terms of size and shape, and then we also have to think in terms of operations. So, you know, is are we now coming into an era where we need more things like touchless entry? Do we need to have uh, things cleaned more often? Uh, do we need to have notifications that things have been disinfected and they've been disinfected for a certain amount of time? Do we need to bring in a service that does that? Do we do it ourselves? Right. So, so we are thinking through those things because when we come back. We want to have best practices established already, and it's turnkey. Um, so I think we need to, to, to think through those operational pieces and still a lot of question marks for us out there, but ideas are good. Um, and then you know, there's a question of, well, how much space do you need? I can tell you that, you know, we, Chow has been affected by COVID-19. Um, we have seen an overwhelming demand for the business, so much so that we've had to um, rethink how we are staffing the business and operating the business to provide excellent service to our, our clients. And so here in Kansas City, you know, we've hired 60 or 70 people in the last couple of months. Um, and I see that the roadmap is probably clearing quite a few more than that coming up. Um, and so the question is, where do you put all these people in our current space just couldn't occupy us. So we're, we're going to look for some additional space. It's great if it could be co-located close to our space, but we're willing to say, you know what, doesn't have to be. We can start from scratch and figure out what we, what we do with the existing space, which we love. Um, and and then it's, you know, how do you shape that space? Um, we currently work in a completely open format because that's been great for years and very popular with employees. Uh, it's great for communication. However, do we need to think about what that looks like and then add distance between people? Do we need to create more barriers? Um, do we need to create less open space and more closed space? Um, those those are all the things that I think at this point we are certainly dialoguing on. We're researching. We're talking to uh, health officials about best practices there. But I don't think anything yet 
has actually said, this is concrete and this is the way it's going to look. I agree. You know, uh, I think another interesting part of your story is um, how Chow now went about um, selecting Kansas City. You went through a, a, a pretty extensive uh, process of identifying cities that uh, – for, for researching and visiting and trying to determine what the best city is for Chow Now, for H2Q. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So probably what's important to know here is that uh, my co-founder and I are both from Southern California, LA-based. And uh, I've lived my entire life there. Um, he lived in New York for a while and then came back to LA. <clears throat> um, and And we got to a point in the business where we found that it was time to more significantly expand the business. The LA market is great. It's my hometown. I love LA. There's no doubt about it. And there's a lot of talent there. And there's a lot of really great opportunities for lifestyle, et cetera. Um, however, um, we also found that 65% of all of our clients were East Coast and Central. We have a very large presence in, in uh, New York, very large presence in Chicago. Um, and then, you know, other... Uh, uh, you know, smaller towns and cities uh, around the East Coast and the, and, and the Central Time Zone. So we decided, hey, you know, let's go find somewhere where we can um, establish a new post. We can have diversity of talent. We can hire in both places. We can um, learn about a new market. Um, we can create an employer presence in a new market, which hopefully creates a better brand presence for us in general. Um, and so what were the criteria there? Well, we wanted it to be close enough to HQ in Los Angeles such that we could get there within three, maybe three and a half hours of flight time so that you could actually do work in the same days you're traveling. Um, we wanted to make sure that um, it was a place that was um, uh, had a lot of talent uh, where you, you could draw from a number of universities around and that there are already a number of uh, established uh, successful businesses uh, where we could recruit some great professionals from. Um, and then, you know, almost at the pinnacle of this decision was this is a good food town. Food is the central pillar of Chow Now's culture. Everybody that works there loves restaurants, loves food. So none of us had ever been to Kansas City before. We hired CBRE to do an analysis based upon some criteria that we gave them of what are all the markets we could go to. And they ran that analysis. They came back and they said, well, Kansas City's number one, and here's number two, three, four, five, and six. And we said, okay, well, let's refine it a little bit because none of us had really thought about Kansas City. And then so we decided to give them some more information ran the analysis. Well, Kansas City came up even higher. Oh, that's interesting. So then Chris and I started talking to some friends who are actually from Kansas City. What's going on there? Why? Why? What, what's, what's so special Blair about Tanner, Kansas City? Right? Yeah, Blair Tanner, for mm -hmm. sure. He's, he was a, a big influence on this one. You may not even know that. <laughs> um, and, and we have some other friends from Kansas City. Um, and, and, and they're like, oh, we love Kansas City. You guys are thinking about that? So great. Such a great town. We love the people. We love the culture, all this, right? Okay, so, so we decided, you know, should we go check out the top three? We said, let's just go to Kansas City and see what we think. So we sent a team of six people out here, and we had, we, you know, pretty, pretty thorough in the way we think about things. So we had an agenda, and that's where we first met you, Tim, right? right. So let's go see the commercial properties. Where could we 
have this company live. Let's go see the residential properties. What does life look like for employees there? Let's put some job postings out there and let's actually uh, do some interviews with some folks to see if they would be good fits for the team and let's, let's you know, qualify the talent. Let's go check out the food. Let's go eat. You know, let's go have some drinks. Let's go understand what that, that all looks like. Um, and you know, we had you know, probably a few more criteria, but you know, we spent three days here, and I'll tell you that we re- I remember this very clearly. There were six of us that were sitting um, at Swordfish Tom's, and it was probably about midnight or so, and we, we were exhausted you know, after two days of just running around, getting all this done, and we were comparing notes, and we were having a cocktail, and we said, all right, everybody show their cards. What do you think? And everybody gushed. Everyone was just so impressed with every aspect of of the search, and we came in skeptical. And so my own story on this um, is that you know I went home, and I've been living in the South Bay of Los Angeles for 15 years, and my wife had you know never been to Kansas City. I said, "Babe, this might actually be a pretty good move for us to make. What do you think?" And she said, "If you love it, let's do it." She never even been here, and she committed to coming out. So with your two daughters, are. with our two daughters, we you know, sold a house. We uh, made the move out here, you know, two little preschoolers, and um, we are so happy. Yeah, I mean, it's every time I talk to you, you guys, you and your wife are always surprised by something that you've observed or the way you've been treated or um, just the whole kind of vibe of Kansas City. You know, it's uh, we take it for granted here, but. Um, I know you, you've enjoyed your time here. Absolutely. Um, I think that's really all, those are kind of the, the high points. Anything else you wanted to mention before we close up? Yeah. You know, so, um, thank you for, for doing this. Yeah. Um, what, what I, what I actually would really love to say, um, is that, you know, you have been a very special part of this journey for us, Tim. You worked so hard in order to not only find us the right space to be in, and we are in the right space, but you have helped us to find other contacts in the market that have been integral to our success in scaling here, whether it be with the uh, contractors that we got in, which, quite frankly, best contractors I've ever worked with, and I had a career in real estate before this. John Hedman with Nexus 5. Nexus 5. Those guys are amazing. As a matter of fact, I... Got a problem with my pool at home, and they're sending someone to go somewhere over today. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I mean, but they have just been there uh, along the way the entire time. Uh, design teams, um, uh, architectural teams. I mean, you have been s- such a resource to my experience, both professionally and personally here. So I just wanted to take the time to say thanks. And, and what Love you it. do matters. Thank you. Yes, that is, thank that's you. that's the biggest compliment I've gotten. Thank you so much. Appreciate yeah, thank that. You. Thank you. Yeah. So, so if you're a consumer, you may not know the Chow Now brand. It's because Chow Now was designed to support restaurant brands. It's a B2B company, or at least it started that way. You know, what we have recognized is that in our effort to help restaurants, we can actually help restaurants even more if we provide them with additional scale through using our brand. So we we can control our brand. We can't control the restaurant's brands. We can empower our brand. We can invest in our brand, and we can leverage that brand to create a consumer community that then understands how important our mission is. We are here to help restaurants 
fight the trouble that they get into when they work with platforms. And there is a site out there called orderbetter.com that we have built that talks about this extensively. So I won't necessarily go into it here, but check out orderbetter.com to talk, so you can see how you can make a difference as a consumer. And really when you oftentimes order through those other marketplaces, how problematic that can be for restaurants. Um, and the other thing you can do is if you are interested in uh, finding all the Chow Now restaurants um, that are around you, you can either download the Chow Now app or you can go to eat.chownow.com and there's a beautiful directory there that geolocates you or you can put your address in and it tells you where you can order. And those orders, when they go to the restaurants, go commission-free. They don't pay for, for them on commissions. We just send them over to them. You might be surprised how often this actually happens. As a matter of fact, you talked about Ch- Chai Shai, yeah. right? You know, and so and so Kashif, um, who I've become friends with, um, and it's my favorite Pakistani yeah. restaurant. In the, I've not been to a number of them in the world, but certainly in the U.S., it's so amazing. Um, you know, I'll I'll just you know, kind of use him to answer this question. Um, he's a guy who is skeptical for the right reason. He's a great operator, skeptical of, you know, why should I join my brand to what I think online ordering is, which is other people's brands and you're taking my customers, et cetera. Um, and so, you know, the easy way for people to understand, uh, for restaurateurs to understand, you know, how Chow Now activates their brand is just to let them know consumers want to order directly from you. They're on your website. Look at your traffic on your website. They go there to see your menus. Convert your website into a transaction, into, into a machine that can take these, this revenue from folks that they want to give you. Don't make them go somewhere else where that revenue is going to get taxed. Your base of customers is already coming to you. Just give them the gift of ordering through you. They want to do it. They want to support you. And that's pretty much the easiest way for people to understand how impactful Channel can be. Kansas City, for me, has been a revelation because I come from a place that everybody else wants to go to. And so you kind of, when you're there and all your friends are from other places, you kind of think, oh, this is pretty comfortable. I don't probably need to go somewhere else. So then when we decided to branch out and and break out, I suppose, from what we knew the best and just try something new, I think... The things that we have been the most surprised by is how welcome, how welcoming the Kansas City community has been, not only to my business, but to me personally, to my wife, to my children. Um, It is a culture of people who want to have deep conversations with you. Um, They want to, to know you deeply. They want to be your friend. They want to help you. Um, I am always surprised at the level of sophistication of the people that I talk to. Um, that, that is another level from places I have been and places I have lived. I'm always impressed by that. Um, I think that I didn't realize how much natural beauty was important to me until I started living here in a green forest with beautiful flowers. Um, 
And then, of course, you know, the fall with the beautiful colors that come then. And, the, you know, people people from here, I'll say, like, you know, they say, oh, the weather's not that great. And, like, guys, this is not Minnesota. It doesn't get that cold. Right. You know, this is not New Orleans. It doesn't get that, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't get that damp. Like, the, the, the range of, of weather that we live in here is actually wonderful. It kind of reminds me of Hawaii sometimes, to tell you the truth. Not the cold part of it, but, like, you know, like the, the air sometimes. I love that. Um. So I mean I just I, I think those are, are some of the the most important things. Um, but you know if I were to pick the thing that's the most important differentiator for Kansas City for me, it is just the quality of my life has gone up so dramatically. Certainly the dollar carries you a little bit further here, and people ask about that all the time. But it's not it's not just that. I think it's just the open parks, all the opportunities for my children to go visit all these wonderful um, institutions that Kansas City has built up, whether they're private or public. Like, I've never been a member of a museum before. I'm a member of, you know, a museum now. It's wonderful. It's amazing. Um, we, we spend so much time outdoors, um, and it's everything so easy to get to. I come from a place where it was a hassle to go and do something because you might have to drive 45 minutes or an hour to go five miles and you got to find parking and you got to be on a list and all this stuff. Right. And everything here is just so accessible. So I think it's really just the, the general accessibility of the wonderful things of this city that makes my lifestyle so rich today. And I love it. That's awesome. You don't want to close up by actually going back to the very beginning, which um, you all engaged the KCADC, Tim Cowden's group. Mm -hmm. um, and they really, they did a, uh, an amazing job of kind of pulling all the resources together, gathering all the information that you needed to make a decision, really rolled out the red carpet. Could you talk a little bit about, you know, from, from somebody that was looking at Kansas City, how, uh, how their process and how important that was to, to getting Chown out of Kansas City? Yeah, sure. Um, so I would say that if anybody out there is looking to come to Kansas City, they should go directly to that group. They are extraordinarily connected. They have a high level of interest in developing the community. That's their mission, of course, their mandate. Um, however, they, in their souls, are really trying to do that. It's not just a job for them. This is what they love to do, and it shines through them all the time. Um, they helped us to meet people like you, uh, people like Andy Bash on the uh, residential real estate side, uh, who has been wonderful with his time and spending uh, time with my team as well. Um, they uh, introduced, introduced us to uh, lawmakers uh, that could be helpful in thinking about uh, certain things going on with the business. As a matter of fact, I was connected during you know, the COVID crisis uh, with some local lawmakers uh, to make sure that you know, we were uh, uh, received as a uh, essential business because we're supporting essential businesses. And so, you know, we needed to, to have a little bit of flexibility there and they were able to, to get us some assurances there. That was really fantastic of them too. Um, but I, yeah, I, th I think that that was the team that we went to first that of course received us with open arms. They connected us with all of the important aspects that we probably wouldn't even know to connect to. They introduced us to the community they, they helped us to think through, these are the things you want to think about. And we told them, hey, these are the things that we are thinking about. They then attached to those things and said, okay, here's what you need to do to, in order to solve those things. Um, so they were our problem solvers um, and our, our entry point into you know, where we are today. Very grateful for the work they've done. 
Great. Anything else? We covered it? We got it. All right. It's a wrap.